I, I think we'll be good. I think we'll be good too. Yeah, we always get. We literally just talked about it and, or talked for an hour about until next Randall to nothing. and uh, until you take both Randall and my games. Yeah, in we've one all sleep. arrived on the same game. <laughs> yeah, there's no way that's the, the synergy. Sure. The synergy of the three year anniversary. As long as it's mm, part that's of the a, series. That's why DJ had to drop out. He didn't. He was on a different page, man. Yeah. He was thinking of a different game. He's going to talk about <laughs> Dishonored. <laughs> I was trying. I don't to know come. why. I don't. I don't know why that's even funny. But it just was <laughs> because I was also going to say Dishona Red. <laughs> I've, I played the Dishonored 2, I think, for like a split second. I was like, this is this is kind of cool, but... I had to delete Infamous Second Son off of the PS4 to get the do- the update for Elden Ring. Oh my god. Because <laughs> the nice. update was 5 gigs. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with John Hines. Hey there. And Randall Nolery. Hey, folks. And we are back, as always, to talk about some video games. And we're back this week to talk about some video games that somehow have not managed to come up on the podcast <laughs> in the three years that we've been doing this. We're celebrating our uh, three-year anniversary this uh, week, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, and yeah, once again, we were maybe going to have DJ in on the mix again, but falling, <laughs> slipping through, slipping you through didn't the cracks. Need to mention yeah, it once again. I knew we were going to say something too. We got to throw him under the bus I once in a while. Well, we were we were maybe going to see what he because he was here for the last anniversary, so I think this will be our first anniversary uh, doing he? one without him. He was on the when I was checking the was he not. I, I was looking at so. our because uh, I, I could have sworn the game that I was good. So what we do oh, anyway? No, I'm accidentally downloading Google Hangouts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we do anyways for our uh, anniversary episodes or what we've done in the past, at least, is just kind of bring up a game that all of us like. Basically, we're just like, how has this not come up on the podcast over the years, either because it's one of our favorite games or just something that got lost in the shuffle over the years where it's like, oh, I man, I never I actually never talked about this. And thankfully, John keeps like a spreadsheet up to date for us on our uh, sure Google does. Drive. And to be honest, because I, I'm gonna... I have a mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I it definitely helps you. us out because I yeah, I was shocked when I went and uh, took a peek because I know that the, the game that I'm going to bring up and I guess I'll get us started here. Uh, the game that I'm going to bring up is a game that I know Randall and I are big fans of. And there's like a small part of me because I know we were kind of like last minute, like, are we doing another anniversary episode this this year? <laughs> we, are we going to do one? Are we going to do the same thing we did before? So I was kind of like, OK. And I for some reason, I was just like, maybe we're going to be on the same wavelength. But I know you and I have beaten this game together, and it's one of my all time favorite games on the Super Nintendo. Ooh. Can't believe it was not on the spreadsheet, but Ooh. Goof Troop Ooh, on the Super Nintendo. Nice. It's because I swear you only we've mentioned talked it about in this. passing. You have. Yeah. I was like, I know it's come up. Yeah. And and this is like, so if you're familiar with, or if you're not familiar, this is like one of those games that I guess, I guess Capcom's more known for like their NES era of their Disney games, but they did make a handful of games on the Super Nintendo as well. And Grief Troop being one of them. Yeah. And uh, basically it's like kind of a short and sweet, like top down Zelda style game, but more like linear and level based, if that makes sense. Like there's a little bit of exploration yeah. going on. You're like going around the like each level is like a little has its own 
map. I don't know if there's a map you can actually like pull up and reference, but you can def- you can go screen to screen and like you definitely do a little bit of backtracking. And but basically, it's like a top down puzzle game, like with a heavy emphasis on the puzzles. There's a oh, little yeah. bit of combat going on, but mostly you're like kicking these blocks around on the ground that have like. It, it, you know, kind of like Sokoban puzzles in a way. You're just like kicking blocks yeah. around and like pushing them into the designated like switch spot. Oh, uh, like yeah. I never thought about certain, that, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's basically like just like, you know, just knocking. Yeah. Just it, basically that's the main most like dungeons or most levels kind of end with something like that. And they get more and more complicated as the game goes on to the point where like the last like final level on the pirate ship. I always like feel like oh, I got this game memorized and I'm breezing through the beginnings. And then when I get to like the final couple puzzles, I'm like fuck man how do you do this thing again because i've actually i've beaten this game a few times over the years both with uh randall like i mentioned at the top i've beaten it with uh my brother at least once if not twice nice uh and played it with some of my cousins over the years like at like holiday gatherings just like i remember like we would like because you'd get like a password where it'd be like banana cherry gem (laughs) and we would like you know sing the song like banana cherry orange gem to kind of remember the passwords uh you know, cause we didn't have any, yeah, we did. I don't think the game has saving or anything, but anyways, the co-op aspect is what really makes this game special oh, yeah. to me is cause when you're playing single player, you can either pick max or goofy. If you're not familiar with goof troop, uh, and they actually play just slightly differently, but like goofy moves a little bit slower, but he's a little bit heavier. So like, for example, most of your like attacking is basically just picking up barrels in the level and throwing them at enemies. Yeah. And then a lot of the heavier enemies, max will have to, he can move a little quicker but you have to hit the enemies twice with those barrels to take them out where you have to hit it just once with Goofy. And then the cool mechanic is when you're playing co-op, you can basically like toss the barrels back and forth and like catch them. Like you can basically like raise your hands above your head and like oh, catch the yeah. barrels and like pass them back yeah, and yeah. forth. So you're almost playing like, uh, what's not keep away, but what's that? I guess it's keep away or whatever, where you're just like monkey in the middle is the game. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. of. But you're like essentially like doing that with these barrels and like, a lot of times there's a limited number of barrels in a room. So if you're not able to kill the enemies right away, you might have to leave the room, reset it, and you know, all the barrels come back or whatever. But you really do in some cases, you can't just run in there willy-nilly with Max and start chucking barrels around. You gotta be a little more thoughtful oh, yeah. about what you're what you're doing. But I just really love how co-op like you have to like kind of communicate the whole time while you're playing co-op. Like, hey, go like get the you know, get the barrels to Goofy, and then you, there's just all sorts of, like, grappling hooks. Yeah, like the grappling hook is amazing. And making bridges. Yeah, the way the grappling hook works in that game. Why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about this yeah. one, Randall? I know it's my game here for this anniversary no, episode, but I, I we both this love this one. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a massive fan of Goof Troop, too. It's it's awesome. It's probably, it, yeah, of those, like, Sokoban-style games, like Adventures of Lolo or Kickle Cubicle or some of those type of games, this is probably my favorite one. Yeah. And, you know, I obviously have an affinity for Goof troop and a goofy movie and all that stuff too so that Same. obviously helps and it capcom could essentially do no wrong you know like you had alluded to in the 8-bit and 16-bit eras as far as i'm concerned although they cared a lot more about street fighter by the time something <laughs> like this came out so but yeah. street Fighter's good too so that's fine uh although street fighter 3 is better than two but we're not talking about that so the <laughs> grappling war is better than three Ooh, oh, we might not gonna talk about, about that later. Uh, yeah. Four is really Street good, Fighter though. for another day. Four is really good, but Four three's is better. 
but the uh, the parry the parry system is awesome. But the grappling hook in Goof Troop is awesome because <laughs> not only can you use it to like knock enemies back or collect your bananas or items from long distances, but you can use it as like a bridge. You can use it to make another pathway, and you say, "All right, Max, like use your grappling hooks." Since I think, if I remember correctly, like both characters can equip an item too, right? At a maybe, given time, maybe even maybe even two items. Maybe I can't even remember two to switch between. For sure, yeah. yeah, and or maybe maybe you can have two items when you're on single player, but when you're on uh, multiplayer, each character can only have one. I can't remember. I know that there's sounds something. Right. I, I do remember doing some things where I'm like, "No, you carry the the the." Uh, hook shot or whatever or the bell like you can actually there's like literally a bell that you can use to kite enemies over yeah like sometimes you have to like pull them over to like step on a switch to open an area so then oh. okay now i can go in there and start kicking the blocks around but then yeah like in some of the areas you got those like bruiser enemies that turn into like the the like kind of uh beach ball enemies you know that like <laughs> roll up and start like rolling into you and slam into you but like yeah they're kind of heavier enemies and they'll come around and they'll just start kicking those star blocks around that are there for you to solve the puzzles so yeah they'll like literally like kick them into a corner so you can't use them anymore so i, I just i don't know i just really love how well the game is designed and again like i, I think i've mentioned like anytime zelda comes up on the podcast these days yeah i couldn't tell you the last time i beat a zelda game and i really enjoy them like i don't have anything against them but i just never see them through because they're like 30 to 50 to however god knows how many hours yeah like goof troop is like easily you can beat it in one sitting if you want like if you're like hey this is our afternoon like i've i know we've mentioned before randall and i like when we would get together and hang out we were like we have to beat a video game i'm pretty sure we did it in one session on on our goof troops oh yeah it wasn't like oh we're chipping away at this for weeks it's like you know four or five maybe six levels yeah and it's just like a great scope great little the the pixel art's amazing oh yeah music's amazing like they really captured the energy of i don't know you'd really want to take pete down by the end of the uh (laughs) always (laughs) the pirate level so it's awesome (laughs) so is it level based or is it just like continuous like is it like a super like mario where it's, you know you have like there are eight worlds or whatever but you have to play them like where can is there a level select at this point it's i believe i don't think there's a level select i'm pretty sure it's just linear like yeah, you kind of beat each like each row. each level is kind of like its own little very mini overworld but, but you like very like screen, many like you were saying you could reload screens yeah. yeah, you're kind of like move, just like you do in a Zelda game where you go like screen to screen and it kind of progresses. But they're like each level is like you get to like a final state. Like there's a boss at the end of each stage and you beat the boss. And the bosses are the boss battles are usually pretty cool. Um, yeah, like they have a unique again, especially if you're playing co-op and you're kind of juggling like, oh, man, like one of the bosses. There's like these two skeletons that start jumping around and throwing their, you know, their bones start scattering all over the room. So you're trying to like. Yeah, yeah, you just get dodging and passing so it's, barrels it's not back like and forth. A goofy movie bosses where you're fighting the leaning tower of cheese. <laughs> I wish that would be yeah. <laughs> or Principal power Mazer. line, yeah, power line head. Uh, if it had yeah. that music, I, I want to say this this predates the movie. I want to say I don't yeah. I actually don't know that. I think it's, it did, yeah, but. it's like it, I I looked it up after you mentioned it. I think it's like the TV show Goof Troop and not. Yeah, yeah definitely. it's definitely based on the show. Yeah. 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 But it's it's really good stuff. Really fun, fond memories playing it, like I said, with Randall, with my brother. And I know my brother's an equally big fan, um, both of Goof Troop and the game. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just just awesome, awesome stuff. So, yeah, I, I had a backup plan, but I'm glad I'm, I'm hoping I didn't steal your your pick this uh year randall because for some reason i was just like ah if we're digging into like our favorites that one i believe just 
I know stuck with both of us. But. Oh, no, that's it's a great game. And it's, you know, especially like co-op. Play it co-op. I mean, you yeah, can play ex- single player. You'll have a good time. But co-op is really it is like this game meant, shines. Yeah, it's balanced so well for co-op. It's, it is. It's amazing. And, and it's, it's not just a blast. Like, it's not like extremely difficult, but I was just going to you know, say it's, yeah. but it's, it's breezy and you know, you can, it's a puzzle game. There are enemies, but they kind of have set patterns and you know, you just got like, you got a drink over on your side stand and you're just playing a little goof troop. It's, it's fun. And it's a good time. It would be, it'd be perfect for that or perfect for like a situation where if you're like playing Randall and like, Hey, let me show Fiona like a, an early yes. game or something, mm-hmm. you know, like if you've got a kid or something to play with and kind of like, okay, you be max. I, I'll be goofy. So I can take the heavy shots and, you know, make sure we're taking down these enemies and you just run around like a madman as max <laughs> and, and you're good to go. But absolutely. But yeah, why don't I uh, toss it over your way, John, for, uh, a game that, uh, that somehow hasn't managed to come up on your end. Yeah. As we were saying, like I am, it is unbelievable to me that I have never brought this game up. And I, I feel like I would have back when, you know, early days of the podcast, we were like, all right, well, this is a, this is a new game. We, we got to make sure that we're talking about that and keeping up on that. Um, <laughs> well got to stay relevant. New yeah. games. God, yeah. Yes. Everybody <laughs> plays. Uh, we all play the one game together and, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then bring uh, four more with you oh. just in case. Yeah. But I am talking about a 3DS game uh, that I played a ton of, uh, and it is Fire Emblem Awakening. Oh, let's go. Is basically the platonic ideal of what a perfect JRPG is in my eyes. And it is a game I have played multiple times over, beaten uh, like again and again, and is the title that basically defined what a modern Fire Emblem game is. Yes. Because I had played and kind of bounced off the Fire Emblem series, as most people did, based on its brutal difficulty. (laughs) If you were playing a lot of the earlier titles, and I had played like the Game Boy Advance ones and the GameCube one. And like I would I would play it for like the first couple of missions and I'd be like, Yeah, this is super fun. And then all the characters that I loved would die in yep. the battle. And I'd be like, Wow, yep. this game isn't fun anymore because Would you like to restart? Yeah. <laughs> and it's and after you do that as a as a young boy over and over again, you're like, Wow, I don't like this game. Yeah, anymore. no, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> and like I as I was looking up, like Awakening was the swan song or like they thought this was going to be the last ditch effort of the series. And like it was on verge of being canceled as a a series. And then it became the cash cow. No doubt. Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, there's a freaking Fire Emblem mobile game now. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's crazy to think that it caught on 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 that level. It's like I played Fire Emblem Heroes. Like that was the only other game other than three houses. Those were the only two Fire Emblem titles that I've brought up on this podcast, which wow. again yeah. seems unbelievable to me, wow. seeing as how Fire Emblem Awakening was, you know, it's it's an intelligent systems game, and like yep. I had been, you know, a huge fan of the Advance Wars series and Absolutely. loved the way that they handled strategy. And by the time that I got to Fire Emblem Awakening, I was like, all right, I'll give this one a shot. It's been getting good reviews. This is, uh, I, I love playing on my 3DS. It's probably my most played system at the time. And then as soon as I loaded that game up, I basically did not stop playing it until <laughs> I beat it because it is just everything that I wanted. It had 
characters that you really cared about, a diverse cast that, you know, each time that you in- interact with them the first time, the, there's a little submission where you get them to join. And that was in like the GameCube games and all the other games and before where it's like, oh, here's a character, the new character on like the other side of the map. And you either have to fight your way over there, or do something within the mission to yeah. recruit them to your party. But like this was the first game where I was like, I kind of hungry for that where it's like, oh God, I need to do every single mission and get every item and every character. And then there was rewards for that. Like there were relationships that you would get between characters and Awakening introduced a weird mechanic that has kind of been a an interesting staple of the series since then where characters would get married and yep. then have kids, <laughs> but then they would have to do some weird time travel bullshit <laughs> to have their kids also be able to be playable characters. Well, yeah, they need to be warriors, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah. so like warriors. they would fall through a rift in time <laughs> and like based on who the two parents were would be who you would get as their child and like they're like based on oh well I had an archer and a mage who were the parents and so like this is the substats that they have because they were the yep. like and there was just so many combinations and so many interactions between every character that like it like the first playthrough I did I was like oh well I'm just gonna do whoever I feel is the correct like what feels right narratively for in terms of matching up characters and then the second time I went through it I was like all right well this character actually has like the they build a relationship with this other character faster than any other characters they have like they require less experience in the relationship so that's the sure. canonical pair in my mind makes right. sense so the, right. I went through and did all of that and like it's not I wouldn't say it's an infinitely replayable game but it is an infinitely replayable game if you're me and this is the type <laughs> of RPG that you like and like I just kept going like leveling the, up every character and every like different job or class that I wanted to and it was just such a fun game and like the narr- like the story was so engaging and like the way that you could actually grind if you needed to because it is a difficult series yeah and it introduced yeah. like well you can go back to earlier areas and like fight these nameless things in addition to the main mission battles and like i would do that to level up my characters and different jobs or like the ones that i hadn't used because in earlier games like you kind of had to pick a character and only use those characters because it, like you didn't there wasn't enough experience in those games f- for you to evenly level up every character or right. if you did then you would just have a a team of underleveled characters by yeah the that's end no game good. no so like yeah. the ability to actually level up every character and like see the full story for every character was a new unique thing in the fire emblem series and became how every other game since then has functioned and it's uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, like, I don't... I, I've liked Three Houses. I think it's a very good game. I have not beaten that game. And it's Ooh. been three or four years since yeah. that game came out. And Fire Emblem Awakening, I beat, like, three or four times. So Damn. It's, it, so there's just that, something about it. 
Is that where you would recommend, like, as somebody, if somebody was just totally new to the Fire Emblem series and, like, coming into it fresh, barring, I have no idea how, like, pricey it is as a 3DS cartridge yeah. these days or whatever. I don't know. Assuming yeah. it's, like, within reach <laughs> is or just, like, an ideal Get circumstance. Is that what you would say, like, hey, this is the Fire Emblem I would start with if you're interested in the series? Like, is that, would you go that far or Absolutely. is it just the one that clicked with you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, like, it is also just the most entry level friendly because it also introduced i uh, i think for the first time different difficulty modes where there wasn't permadeath like, yes. yeah i was gonna mode. i was gonna ask that yeah i was like is this the one that did that i knew it was one of the handheld ones yeah so i don't think yes. i ever played on easy but i think i played on normal and hard and like again but just by having like random encounters that you could level up characters that basically eliminated and like I, I still had permadeath in all of my things. And I was okay. like, all right, I need to just okay. be more careful when I engage things. I'm not going to be reckless or like, yep. oh, I know at this point in this battle, like there's going to be a flank coming from the behind, like midway through. So I can't just leave all my weak characters in like the back lines because I know they'll be targeted. Like it's a. I, I think it is the best Fire Emblem game in Boom. the entire series. And Damn. Did, did you still allow yourself to lose characters along no. the way? Or? Absolutely okay. not. Damn. <laughs> That's I impressive. love every character way too much. I have yeah, so it much is tough because they have, they have stories. They are characters. Like, they, they have aren't stories? Just, and, yeah. And they have kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. But that. It, yeah, it is totally different than like just firing up like a roguelike or, or something like XCOM or something, you know, where you like right. technically you can have attachments to your characters, but you do kind of like you're it's totally different than like I'm playing through a full blown like, you know, almost JRPG scale campaign here. Yeah. And um, just that little bit of like leeway in terms of like letting you like even use like under leveled characters, because I remember like. In the original or in the GameCube uh, game, I don't remember if it was Radiant Dawn or Path of Radiance. I forget which one was first. Path of Radiance. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But uh, for that one, I remember there were three brother characters and like the youngest brother character died in like five missions in. And I was like, oh. I can't use any of the brothers because their youngest brother died. It's <laughs> <laughs> so mean. It's traumatic. Ugh. so like i it's it's a an incredible game and i honestly uh, when i was thinking about what game to bring i'm like i should just replay this game again i yeah. i played like a third of this game and i stopped for no good reason of course like i do with a lot of games especially during yeah. this time period uh back yeah. in like 2013 um is this is this the fire emblem with the farm kid with the, the yes. tail on his head donald <laughs> Donald, who has, yeah. who starts under leveled, but his yes. ability, uh, like his innate ability, lets him uh, randomly level up more stats than any other character. Yeah, yeah. So he can become the strongest character in the game. Yes. Oh, what a perfect character! What a perfect yes. game. Yes, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh man, he has a pail on his head. He's. Oh. I gotta. I got to do some catching up, but I, I got to catch up on that Advance Wars uh, that you let <laughs> me borrow, which I still I'm literally stare at it every time that we're recording. I'm like looking right at it. 
But uh, but anyways, why don't we toss it over to uh, Randall? I'm glad I didn't steal your thunder for again. For some reason, I was just like, I think we're going to pull out of the same hat here. But yeah, what do you got uh, for something that we haven't talked about yet on the podcast, Randall? Kevin, I knew we weren't going to pull out of the same hat here, even though this is a game that, again, like your game, we have played cooperatively and have beaten while hanging out. And this is a game that I'm like, am I sure that I haven't brought this up? in some context on the podcast and maybe I have in passing when I've been talking about other games in this genre, but yeah, no, the, the spreadsheet says I haven't. And I trust the spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. John, we said it before. We are putting John a is lot litigious. of faith in my ability to like, listen to our episodes and be like, yeah, we talked well, let's about put it, enough. Let's put it this way. There's stuff on the list where I'm like, I do not remember ever talking about that game on the list. So I'm like, if John's being that <laughs> thorough, I feel like he's, he's covering the bases. Yes. So my game is Die Hard Arcade, which yes. is <laughs> yes. a, a 3D beat-em-up uh, on the Sega Saturn circa 1997. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Also called Dynamite Deca in Japan, where it did not have the Die Hard license. And this will become obvious that they didn't need the Die Hard license because it was basically like thrown on top at the end, yeah. a very cynical ploy to get the Americans to purchase the game uh, because the character uh, sort of resembles John McClane from Die Hard, but not even really that much. Yeah, not even really. I, although, to be fair, I've actually never seen Die Hard, so I don't, <laughs> I don't I know. But it doesn't saw, look like Bruce Willis. Yeah, I've only seen Die Hard in the last like few years, so yeah, I'm not that far behind you there. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love Die Hard Arcade. Uh, it's, it's easily my favorite 3d beat em up, which, you know, there aren't a lot of good ones there. So it's, I guess that's easy yeah. to say, but, yeah. um, it's very extremely nineties arcade style. Uh, it just, you know, this is like Sega and, uh, Fox interactive, uh, developing this. And it's just like, it's just dumb fun. Uh, it's it to me like this hits a lot of my buttons it's probably my most played sega saturn game um just because this is a beat em up i love beat em ups i've talked about plenty of beat em ups on this podcast this yeah. is a beat em up that i can easily beat and i i would not play this by myself through necessarily but cooperatively yeah. it's a blast you can play through it in under an hour easily uh, yeah short and sweet yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like the mechanics feel really good. It's it's even though it's 3D, it's you know the perspective is still more like a 2D beat 'em up where it's that that side perspective view. Every once in a while, it'll kind of do it, the camera will go a little more like isometric or top down, but generally, you know, it's you're kind of moving left or right. Um, and but there's like that plane of moving yeah, that you like can do, the like battle toads plane or yeah, yeah just like you said like pretty much every beat of streets of rage yeah. Yeah, yeah turtles in time whatever yeah yeah and you have your punch kick jump buttons but you can also like grapple enemies and throw them into other enemies but it has kind of like a like a virtual fighter type of feel to like throwing enemies or like kicking them up in the air it has like a little bit of extra floatiness to it in a way where you can combo them or like throw them up in the air and then like the other your your co-op partner can like throw a weapon at them or like hit them with the flamethrower or whatever else and you know that's just that stuff's really fun um if the enemies are on the ground because john mcclain is technically a cop you can quote-unquote arrest enemies like while they're on the ground like cuff them and then they die 
Uh, it's not the easiest thing. I don't remember that. Go. That's amazing. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, but it, it's a thing that can happen. That's um, incredible. Yeah. The weapon pickups are just like zany and awesome. There's like that's the main thing I remember. Oh yeah, yeah. like anti tank rifles. These huge rifles that you can pick up that just like a blast enemies across the screen. Uh, like axes, golf clubs, flamethrowers. Like the leg that- off of a robot that you're fighting that you can then like swing around over your head and like. It's just it's just really fun. Um, it's almost it, got like a Power Stone yeah, vibe to like the combat, or even, even a little bit what like the old like wrestling of. games, like yeah. the Nintendo sixty four wrestling games, like the grappling well, and stuff. No wonder I like it. Yes, all those. <laughs> I, mean, I love yeah. all of those games. So, yeah, yeah no, no mercy. I think was your uh, your anniversary one last time. If I was, it's too bad that correctly. I already did it because I would do it again. Yeah, I love that game. <laughs> it, yeah, that's that's so funny. I never thought even ver- when you said virtual fighter, because I st- as soon as you started talking about, it, I started thinking wrestling. I was like, hey, even that's a great comparison because you are kind of like shuffling a little bit. Yeah. Like, the way your character kind of shuffles around yes. side to side, and there's even like the little quick time events between yeah. like that kind of transition between like instead of you just going through a doorway and ending up in the next area, it's like you go down an elevator and you bust out of it and you're like yep. running out of it. Cause it's on fire or something. And then you got to do like a bump, couple bump, dive out of the way, pick a direction or hit your punch button or kick button, like in that brief instance that you have. And you know, I know some people don't like quick time events, I love but it's them. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And especially like, they feel a little more out of place in like Resident Evil 4 or something, but like sure. they don't feel so out of place in like a button mashing arcade game. Where exactly. It's just like, oh, I just get to watch a cool cutscene and either watch me like sock this guy in the face while I run by or yes. get, you know, get tripped up as I run by because they got the jump on me or whatever. Yeah, you sock you know, them like, in the face. Fun. You're successful. You sock them in the face and then you watch a replay of you socking them in the face in slow motion it's, again. Yeah, and then exactly. you go to the next level area and it's it's really good. It also, yeah, like, it's almost like, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I, I feel like it is kind of like an underserved, like, area or genre of, like, 3D beat-em-ups. Because, like, yeah. beat-em-ups I, I are kind of 3D in that, yeah. like, isometric view. But, like, yeah. an actual, like, po- polygon-based, like, 3D yeah. beat-em-up. I'm like, I can't honestly think of any other title like all the other ones i'm thinking of are like okay well there's virtua fighter or like tekken or like other 3d fighting games right not really like like level based platforming games it's true and in this this game kind of has some of the feel of those games in the fighting but yeah Mm -hmm. this is like just throwing enemies and zany weapons at you and you're in this kind of like room by room screen by screen thing and yeah it's kind of sad that there weren't more 3D beat-em-ups, but I think that was also a casualty of the industry at the time. Like, when this game came out, it wasn't popular to make beat-em-ups anymore. Like, 2D was out. 3D was in, and everyone wanted to play, like, or at least people thought everyone wanted to play, developers and publishers thought people wanted to play 3D adventure games or platformers, first-person shooters. But, like, it's such, like, a good idea. Like, I'm looking at, like, screenshots of this, and I'm like, this looks fun as hell. It's it's so, like, colorful and chunky. It's almost got, like, voxel art style, but, like, before voxels. But it's, like, the way it's, like, so boxy and chunky. Yeah. Like, it's very... It's it it's partly the limitations, but it's like they leaned into it in a way that like really enhances the style of the game, I think. And they certainly leaned into it with like the cutscenes are very funny, corny, but they kind of know what they're getting into there. Like this it's game like does not take movie, itself yeah. seriously. Yes. It's like give me that cheesy like punchline, you know, it's like it's exactly that. And like it's it's so cliche in every way, but like because it leans into it, it's like 
it gets like bonus points for it. Yeah. Yeah. And especially it's again, just like Goof Troop, it's like ideal to just play with a buddy, even more so with this one. Because beat em ups aren't the aren't the ideal genre for for playing solo. And talking about 3D beat em ups, the only thing I can like think of even close in recent years are like the the X-Men Legends games or like those Marvel yeah, Ultimate Alliance games. Like they're a little more yeah, RPG yeah. and like Diablo-ish where you're yeah. like you're getting upgrades and moves, but they still feel like kind of like top-down 3D beat-em-ups. But they're, I guess, Good yeah, point. they're more just like top-down games. See, the thing that I was thinking like immediately, like I felt like kind of platinum games was the like successor to that where yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm thinking point. of like Bayonetta or Beautiful Joe and yeah. they're not really yeah. the same genre like because Beautiful Joe the is a platformer, is, but like that like, I don't know, level based combat of and like heavy emphasis on combos yeah. and like just getting to the end of the scene and then moving forward. I'm like, that's and really it kind of walls you off, and then thing. it's like go, go, go. Decent amount of DNA in the Beautiful Joe, and also yeah. similarly, Beautiful Joe was a very bold thing to make that game in that era. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, but it's, it's, it's still true. like. What it's an still awesome just like a platformer, yeah. and then with Bayonetta too, like it's just like you know, a, what do you even call Bayonetta? What is Bayonetta? I mean, it, it's just kind of an ar- arcade action game. Like it's yeah. like it is yes, whatever, whatever you call action. Devil May Cry and yeah. God of War, like that. Not the new one, but the you know PS2 era God right. of War games. Like it's in that family, kind of. Yeah, yeah, but like what I is think, that but, genre called? Like other than yeah, just arcade action. Action, yeah, like action adventure. But like, <laughs> it, like uh, sounds so the, generic. But the like. I guess when you like you have platformer as like a vocabulary for beautiful Joe, but like beat 'em ups are like so evocative of that isometric like yeah. 3D space that is yeah. still a like predominantly like a same platformer like progression, but you do just have that little bit of sandbox, but it's it's just enough. Whereas like with Bayonetta, like it's like okay, well this is still like a 3D world, and like. I kind of wish that there were more beat em up like perspective games, like even if Me it too. was just like, because like if you like like think about 3D Land or 3D World for Mario, yeah. like it is kind of in the same way where it's like a fixed perspective. Yes, like, even Kirby. We, talking, we just yes. talked about Kirby. Kirby, Kirby yes, exactly. Like every little sequence is like, hey, here's like this blocked out area for this. I, I, I love that about all of those games in the yeah. exact yeah. same way. Same. I wish Same. that was like a more common thing, like a yes. fixed perspective, like 3D, like it's yeah. It weirdly for me, I don't know if I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but it weirdly makes the games more replayable for me because I'm yeah. like bound to like I'm I'm not sitting around like looking for I think I'm There's sure I've one said this way on the to podcast progress before, forward. but one of the things that like got me away from going for a hundred percent every game was an Uncharted two, like there were like all these hidden medallions and coins everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and Uncharted one. They were at like you could see a little glint. It would just be like this yeah. little tiny like white flash in like the grass or something. In Uncharted Two, there was a moment I like saw one up in like the top of a tree, and you literally had to like shoot it out of a tree to get. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Fuck this!" Like I just While don't care Sully's enough to find trying all to these. talk to you in the scripting, cut, yeah, like and tell you yeah. story things, and you're just running around like an idiot in all the corners of the level area, and yeah, yeah just like up whipping the camera and- around, getting motion <laughs> sickness, and it's just like, oh, this is so annoying. But like with Mario 3D World, I know like okay, there's. 
There's three hidden coins on this stage. I know I found the first one and the third one. So the second one's somewhere between those two. Yep. Yes. I have to scour that chunk of the level and that's it. And, it, and you, it's you just kind of like break it up. Yeah. 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 Like scripting the camera makes it a little bit easier than like he was like, OK, well, it's all up to the player. Like they can do anything like no, like right. removing that level of randomness, like and just being like, nope, it's going to be along this path. You're going to go this way. <laughs> it's not yeah. on rails like a other arcade games can be, but it is like you still have the freedom of movement of character, but you don't have the freedom of movement of camera. You're it's just a, adding that you're on layer. bumpers. Yeah, it, rails. yeah, it is. And it yeah. just adds that layer of direction. And like everything is just crafted within that, you know, that direction uh, that it's that's been developed. And yeah, you don't have to touch every nook and cranny because you're being directed along this path. But yeah, you have some level of freedom because it's 3D too. It just like that hits a sweet spot for me. God. Yeah. And and not to just to bring it back a little bit to uh, Die Hard Arcade, too, I think what makes that game a little extra special is, yeah, all the different, like, just weapons and pickups, and when you're playing with a buddy, like, because I think there even is friendly fire, so you're like, oh, you're yeah. blasting your partner with the <laughs> rocket launcher across the room while you're trying to run into the elevator. It's just such a silly game, like you said, Randall. Like, it's just so, so much good fun, and because it's, like, an earlier game, like, even though it's a violent game, if you will, like, obviously, you're just blowing people away and killing people yeah. left and right. But because it's not realistic, it's just, like, very cartoony oh, and over yeah. the top. Oh, yeah, very abstracted, like, the violence that way. And, yeah, you know, you're, even if yeah. you kill your friend or you die too many times, that's why you play the 1979 arcade game Deep Scan before you start. And you get as many credits as you can uh, when where you are a uh, this is a Sega developed game. And it's literally a mini game packaged in with the Saturn release of Die Hard Arcade. Oh, where, nice. Yeah. Where you uh, play as a battleship on top of the water and you can only scroll left and right and you drop mines onto the submarines below. And after you get enough points and you get extra lives, you build up extra lives for your playthrough of Die Hard Arcade with your buddy. What on that sounds Earth? like how I beat Ikaruga <laughs> with a buddy cuz apparently on the GameCube oh version like every no matter how if you kept playing and starting new games like for every half hour that the game was on you would just get extra credits for starting <laughs> the game so like by that time that we beat the game i think we had like 12 credits That's or eight hilarious. credits some like ridiculous and it maybe it wasn't a half i forget what the increment was but there were there was clearly like based on the timer on the gamecube there because we would like sleep we would sleep and leave it on overnight and be like, i wonder how many credits we'll have in the morning so you're talking about how when my friend and i unlocked i think mewtwo in super smash brothers oh melee yep. by putting it mm. on like because you could do it after you had so many hours of multiplayer logged yep. and we put yep. it on with all the controllers plugged in because also it was by person so you had four times the amount of time <laughs> oh, nice nice and we went trick-or-treating because we were yes. children <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) What a time. That's amazing. That's great. That's wonderful. I love it. I love it. So many good gaming memories. Good Lord. Yeah. And Die Hard Arcade is certainly one of them. Have you you played uh, Die Hard Arcade in the arcades? Did it ever come to arcades? Yeah, it was in the arcade first. I almost feel like that's where I played it initially. And then I was like, kind of like re like I knew it was on Saturn and then kind of forgot. And then I think, I don't know if you picked that up one of the days when we were out like collecting and on the hunt or if you already had it, I don't remember, but yeah, Yeah. I definitely remember playing through that one and just being like, this game is amazing. And the fact that you can own it in your house is awesome. Yeah. 
And it's it's a great translation from what yeah. I, don't, I definitely haven't played it in the arcade, but like it's what all the reviews said. And I it feel feels it. like an arcade. Yes, like you feel like you're truly playing an arcade game, which it's it's very obvious when it is a dumbed down version of an arcade game. I feel right. when it's when you're playing one. Yep. I've also heard so many more Sega Saturn games than I've ever heard of before <laughs> because of you specifically, Randall. I was going like, to say, don't give it to me. Yeah. On earth are there so many hey, Sega we're, Saturn games? We're not done yet, buddy. There's some, we're not done I yet. Know. There's some gems. And yeah. You still got your uh, resolution game. That's right. Yeah. We still, I was right. going to say we still got all ours, but no, John's already taken care of his. Nice work. Um, but yeah, I think we can probably wrap up the anniversary chat there for the most part. I did want to give a quick shout out as well to uh, we're doing our uh, three year for the three year anniversary. We're doing our very first of what will hopefully be. I'm not going to make any promises, but hopefully an annual um game jam we've talked about so Heck many yeah. game jams over the years on the podcast whether it was yeah. the game makers toolkit or ludum dar and found so many like whether it's cultisti or matt ugg or daniel linson some of these people i found just through digging on itch.io not necessarily through a game jam but like a lot of them i have and like it's just been so cool to see like so many games that have like been a small idea in a game jam and then oh wait after a year or two more of work they turned it into a full retail game on the switch or what like it's it's just been so cool to see and at least for me it feels like that's like such a big part of like what has driven my passion for doing this pursuing pixel stuff especially for the videos and stuff on the youtube channel like finding these little hidden gems on oh yeah and these little smaller games so i figured yeah why don't we host a game jam and as of right now the the game jam we're calling it the pursuing pixels james jam game jam i keep uh <laughs> i keep like struggling i keep forgetting if it's uh game jam or james jam first or second but <laughs> but yeah we had to squeeze in as much alliteration as possible and as much ridiculousness as possible but uh yeah we've already got almost two a little less than two weeks to sign up as of the time of recording this but there's over 75 people signed up which to be honest i was like i was like if we get 10 or more i'm gonna be pumped so i'm like i'm like through the moon right now with how many people we have so i'm i'm really pumped to see what people uh whip up i'm gonna do a live stream obviously i don't know if i'm gonna be able to play all 75 games um but i'm definitely gonna if you know some of my standout favorites make some youtube videos for those like i'm really excited to see what uh people can do i know we've got some super talented folks signed up for the jam so definitely stay tuned we'll i'm sure i'll at least maybe talk about some of the winners or some of my favorites even on the podcast here so um, whether it's in a save it for the cast or whatever and maybe i'll even rope you guys i know you guys don't have the best pc setup uh for i I made the rules pretty much i made the rules like Uh, i'll absolutely (laughs) play through them heck yeah i do I tried to make the. I was like, try to make the games playable on either uh, Windows or browser, ideally, just so that more people will play them. Um, yeah. And so that that's you know the limitations that we have. But yeah, we're trying to keep the rules pretty lax. I know like sometimes the jams are like only people who make games can vote. It's like I want people to connect over these games. So hopefully yeah. the people who play them can vote. Trying to open it up and whatnot. But yeah, we'll have links to that in the episode description. But I'm really really pumped for that. We'll keep you updated here on the podcast and and elsewhere. And I guess in that regard or on that note, we're elsewhere on the internet, pursuingpixels.com. We're pretty much on every platform you can imagine these days. We're even on TikTok. I made a freaking Ooh. TikTok. Ooh, um, and I, I'm not super regular about, but I like go, I'll like schedule a few posts for a week and then I won't do it for five <laughs> days. I'm very irregular about it at the moment, but right. eventually I'll get there. If Twitter totally tanks, I'll get there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think on, uh, on that note, uh, we can wrap it up there and put another year in the book 
folks. It's been, yeah, it's been awesome doing this with you guys. And oh, yeah. thanks for everyone for listening along, tuning in and whatnot. And uh, yeah, we will catch you next week, next year and next uh, whenever. Take care and uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye bye. I'll tell you guys what my backup game for today was, was which was actually my originally my first game that I had in mind. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh, it's going to be my backup game and I'll go with Goof Troop and, you know, hope that Randall doesn't lean into that one. And uh, Klonoa 2 was going to be my pick. And then that's when I was like, OK, so I was like, if we end up going a little short, maybe I'll end up asking, what are you guys are there? What game are you guys most excited about? that hasn't come out yet as oh, of the God. time of recording. And I was gonna like, I was gonna like use Klonoa too as like a, cause I was like, Oh, they're coming out with that Klonoa collection um, yeah. on switch. And I know I'm looking forward to that me for too. sure. Um, I, but honestly, in particular like, for me, nothing for, for me, if, if Mario golf would have been good, I would be like out of my mind pump for strikers. Right. I'm right. Very cautious. Pump for strikers. Yeah. Right. Like I'm still excited about it, but I'm very cautious. Hey, they got I would next be, level I would games be, involved, so I would you know. be out of my mind. I know if if Mario Golf would have been a winner, there I would my excitement wouldn't even be able to be tampered right now. But I'm just kind of like, yeah, I hope it's good. so. Like when we replayed Aces yeah. recently, it was so good. Like that was that such amazing. a good multiplayer game. Which one was Aces? What Ten- platform? Tennis, the Switch, Switch tennis game. Switch. Okay. Yeah. That is good. Like, that game's incredible. It's, yeah. I, it, that's one of the best Mario sports games, period. Yes. It's it's a little bit like the adventure mode kind of stinks. Right. No, that's the thing. Uh, like the single player sucks, but the game multiplayer it's incredible. Yeah. And and the multiplayer, like I will I think we talked about this at Mikey's too, is like once you play, if you play somebody that's too evenly matched to you, it never it, ends. It's Endless. a little broken because it yeah. yeah, it's just like who's gonna like literally whiff a button press for but also that kind of rules when we were playing that one where it was just us trading like well you dude you had you at the net were like a monster that's the only thing i couldn't i could do i couldn't do shit otherwise i was the weakest link i had the least wins (laughs) it's hard because like i i always play in the mindset especially coming from somebody that i played tennis doubles like in high school or whatever. Yeah. So sure. like I always played front and back is like kind of the way that we would play and you would just kind of trade sides right. based on like how the play played out. But like Mikey and John and everybody were like, hey, I, I play better just left and right. Let's keep sides. And I'm just like, oh, man, like I can't wrap my brain around playing like this. <laughs> like I kept just trying to like when you're in the back, you just think I can cover more ground in the back. So I should be running back and forth. Right. Um. But yeah, it, I did forget how good that game was. It is. It's really it's good. Such a good game. And so good looking too. Like yeah, it's really, I'm, that's what one thing I'm excited about because even Strikers on the freaking GameCube still looks pretty yeah. good. Yeah, uh, let alone the Wii. The Wii version looks amazing, so I'm sure the Switch version is going to look nice. For I, that, I except for those uh, half frame crowd animations that I'm sure they're going to have in the background. <laughs> You're not looking at those anyway. <laughs> <laughs>